Hi, and welcome to Teshuvah, Return and Reboot. This is our 23rd podcast, and today we are going to honor the upcoming Chag, Rosh Hashanah. I cannot believe it's here. Um, and we're, it will be a little bit more intensive and longer than usual. So thank you so much for joining us as we reflect on evidence-based strategies inspired by our tradition to return to our best selves and to renew our capacity to grow and change. I am actually thinking right now about last year, Rosh Hashanah, my family and I had gone to the United Arab Emirates to celebrate with the Jewish community the Abraham Accords, and this was the first public communal holiday that the Jewish community in the UAE was able to celebrate together, not um, not having to be private. And it was really beautiful. And I just remember standing in front of the hotel where we had gathered for the Chag and being ready to go do Tashlich and members of the community who represented all different languages and nationalities, really from all over the world and all different types of perspectives and orientations to Judaism, standing together and gathering, ready to do the Tashlich service together. And many commenting that it was the first time that they were felt comfortable wearing a kippah in public and really gathering together and thinking as we stood there about um, the year before when Rosh Hashanah was done very discreetly and privately in the small villa that um, members of the community had rented that was very discreet where you could not find it anywhere online. And, um, and we went quietly and kind of very without any fanfare to do Tashlich in a small group and make it meaningful and just contrasting those two experiences was really awesome. Um, I remember feeling this intense surge of gratitude, not taking for granted that Jewish communities in so many parts of the world are able in general to celebrate together in public in really meaningful ways and particular in the first emergent public Jewish community growing in the Arab world, experiencing this up close um, really helped me take a step back and appreciate what I typically take for granted in the United States. So I wanted to focus today's reflection on the power of gratitude. Um, a very big anchor of our tefillah on Yamim Noraim are Malchiot, Zichronot, and Shofrot, which are the skeleton or the structure of the Musaf prayer. And I'd, I'd like to first describe them briefly and then perhaps relate them to um, other terms that um, perhaps we can really will really resonate. So Malchiot is um, reminding, remembering that Hashem is the king of the universe and that the destiny of humanity is to come to realize that Hashem is the ultimate king. And, um, and then Zichronot is where we remember and recognize that Hashem transcends time and that Hashem um, is able to judge all of humanity. And we ask Hashem at this time to remember not only our personal 
um, journey and and loyalty to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, but also to think of um, generations of humanity and how they have served Hashem faithfully. And Shofarot is a time where we recall or we remember how Hashem revealed. Hashem self on Har Sinai with um, when ga- when Hashem gave the Torah. So um, I'd like to. These are kind of three different ways of approaching or recognizing Hashem that are at the core of our tefillah. And I wanted to relate them to another three that best-selling novelist and memorist um, author Anne Lamott wrote in a book about prayer, where she kind of. Um, reduces prayer to a different three that perhaps parallels our three into help, thanks, wow. And according to her, prayer, and I quote, is about getting outside of your own self and hooking into something greater than that very, very limited part of our experience here. The ticker tape of thoughts and solutions and trying to figure out who to blame. It's sort of like blinking your eyes open. It's sort of like when the Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy lands in Oz and the movie goes from black and white to color. And it's like having a new pair of glasses and you say, wow. So, um, so the, according to um, Anne Lamott, the three um, kind of cornerstones of tefillah are asking God for help and recognizing that we are overwhelmed and that we alone cannot bear our burden, our pain, our challenge, um, our something that we are struggling with. And then to recognize thanks when we are helped or thanks for the small or big things in our life that are going well that we should not take for granted. And wow is when we take a step back and we are just overwhelmed by the awe of life and the awe of it could be of nature, it could be the way the world is is run. Now, gratitude has been studied significantly, especially in the last um, two decades. And there's been so much evidence about how gratitude can not only benefit ourselves as individuals, but also can benefit communities. The benefits of gratitude, according to an article in Positive Psychology, which is a conglomerate of researchers that focus on positive attributes that help mankind or humanity, spoke about the benefits for the individual being leading to increased happiness and positive mood, being experiencing more satisfaction with life, feeling less materialistic, less likely to experience burnout, have lower levels of cellular inflammation, better physical health, health and sleep, less fatigue, and also encourages the development of patience, humility, and wisdom. And in fact, in an article by researchers at the University of Indiana, they published findings from a recent study where they, div- they divided college students into three groups. Every group received counseling services over a course of three weeks. One group was distinguished from the other two by being requested to write a thank you note after 
um, during each week in addition to the counseling services. And the thank you note did not actually need to be sent. And the group that wrote a thank you letter, and the majority of them did not even send that thank you letter, experienced greater levels of relief and life satisfaction. And that those levels actually increased over time. So there are great benefits to expressing gratitude, even for in small gestures. Um, so there are also, interestingly, benefits of gratitude for groups. It leads to increased pro-social behaviors. Gratitude can strengthen relationships. It may help employees' effectiveness, and it also could increase job satisfaction. And Dr. Emmons, who is one of the premier um, researchers in gratitude uh, concluded with his, um, with his colleague that there's considerable ed- evidence that gratitude builds social resources by strengthening relationships and promoting pro-social actions. Um, and they describe that the gratitude allows a person to celebrate the present, to be in the moment, block toxic emotions, which they describe as jealousy, being resentful, regretting, being depressed, become more, it helps one become more resilient to stress, and it also strengthens social ties and self-worth. So there is actually, um, so there's actually evidence that gratitude not only has great outcomes for one's individual's well-being, but also facilitates helping behavior amongst people, and not only towards the people that actually helped you. In fact, they did studies where they tried to distinguish between feeling grateful towards a particular benefactor that had given a specific gift to a group of participants and just gratitude in general and paying it forward. And they found that the paying it forward mentality was separate from specific gratitude towards someone that had actually benefited them. So there's a lot of research, again, um, for um, that gratitude can be really helpful. Now, what gets in the way of being grateful? If being grateful is something that is encouraged by our religious beliefs and it's something that actually has great benefits for our well-being, why is it so hard to be consistently grateful? So one thing that can be difficult, Emin states in another research article, is having uh, over excessive sense of self-importance. It can be feeling arrogant or vain, having an unsatiable need for being admired and having the approval of others. And it can also be a sense of entitlement. So which some of these traits can be considered traits or characteristics of someone who is egocentric or narcissistic. Um, So in fact, being grateful requires us to take ourselves out of our own selves and our own limited um, worldview and to really acknowledge and notice those around us and maybe um, also Hashem, something that's higher and above us. So um, a researcher named um, Thomas Gilovich described ingratitude as being the consequence of adapting, dwelling on the negative and skewed perceptions of hardships. 
and that we have to be able to combat the sense of kind of adapting to that's what that the good and really focusing on that which is negative and and having skewed perspectives on that which is difficult. What are some concrete strategies that we could incorporate in order to make sure that we stay on the gratitude track? So there's some really special experiences that can really be life-altering. And I remember reading um, Dr. Martin Seligman, who is the founder of Positive Psychology's book, Authentic Happiness, years ago. I'm being struck by his description. At that time, I was working with college students at NYU of a regular practice he would do every semester with his students, where he would plan a gratitude night. And in the University of Pennsylvania, he would have his college students invite someone in their life that they were very grateful to, um, to a, an event and not describing what that event was. So people, some people would fly in from all over the country, perhaps even farther than that. They didn't know what the special ceremony would be. And when they arrived, they were surprised by a detailed, heartfelt letter detailing what, why they had made an impact in the, the, this college student who had invited them life and what they had done that had really been transformative and how much they were valued and appreciated. And Dr. Seligman described almost the powerful, almost electric connection that was felt in that room and how um, incredible it felt not just to receive that gratitude, but also for the students at that point in their life, especially to be able to give that gratitude and to acknowledge those people in their lives. So uh, Arthur Brooks wrote an article in the New York Times a few years ago. He is a currently a professor at Harvard Kennedy School, and he speaks about gratitude and the research on gratitude, and then he discusses concrete strategies that we can each adapt. So first, he describes interior gratitude, and that is the practice of giving thanks privately. So we can think about that as something that we do during tefillah. And if we are not thinking deliberately about gratitude during tefillah, now can be a time, a moment during Rosh Hashanah and carrying that with us throughout the year of using and harnessing the opportunity of tefillah to really think about gratitude. Um, And again, remembering that even if we don't express it, to others, the fact of experiencing gratitude will change us. The second is exterior gratitude, which is publicly expressing the gratitude. And we can think of that as really just something as simple as saying thank you. Um, It could be something that we try to set up as part of our routine. I know in our family on Shabbos, we try to have a ritual where we go around the table and everybody shares. Uh, We have like a formula. It's called like parts of a flower, but they share something that was a highlight of the week, a low light of the week, and also something that they're grateful for. So it could be on a weekly basis. It could be every morning as we're having coffee, sending an email or writing a letter to to one person that we're grateful towards. And then finally, um, Brooks describes being grateful for useless things. It can be easy or perhaps with effort, but to be grateful for the 
big things in our life. Thank God if we're blessed with health, with a loving family. Those are big kind of big rocks um, that we should be super grateful for. And yet there are things that might not be as obvious that we might take for granted, like little insignificant things like our favorite flavor of coffee or a beautiful bird in its majestic colors and really taking a moment to kind of be in awe and grateful for those as well. And Brooks warns, and I quote, Rebel against the emotional authenticity that holds you back from your bliss. That sometimes we may feel that expressing gratitude feels forced or we might feel like we're more of a realist and we're not so touchy-feely and we don't usually say things like that. And we should really unshackle ourselves from that, that kind of gate towards expressing our gratitude in a really authentic and genuine way that can really bring us much joy. Now, this has been a year and a half where what we are grateful for has really turned on its head because for many of us, um, and health is something that we're always mindful of and we always pray for, but living in a global pandemic, we are constantly mindful of the ability to have our children attend school daily without having to worry that school is going to be shut down because of an outbreak or being able to visit our relatives who are older without worrying that, God forbid, they're going to contract something that could make them very sick, God forbid. So all of these things that even if health was on our radar, we did not think about in as a deliberate, mindful way. I think this year has forced us to be both perhaps anxious and worried about, but perhaps also more deeply grateful. I know getting to start the school year as a professional and as a parent and seeing all of the students in the school having to arrive early to get rapid COVID tests and seeing all the thought that went into it, I just felt so grateful that we are able to have school open and in person. And it was just felt like such a blessing. Um, Something else that I've been really grateful for this year are the privileges and access that I have. One of our dear friends who passed away and was a victim of COVID was a worker in our building whose name was Jose. Jose was trained as an engineer in Honduras and he was just a remarkable person. He um, brought his family here to give them better opportunities and he was just did everything with such gusto. He always had a smile on his face and a warm greeting and he was just so Um, savvy and clever and knowledgeable and was always willing to help with any job, big or small. And he was just such a fixture in our life. We've lived in this um, university building for about 12 years. And Jose was just such a big part of that experience. He was just so thoughtful and kind and joyful. And when he passed away, it was just a really sudden tragic loss for our community and for his loved ones. And we had the opportunity to 
kind of to share soup and home-baked cookies with some of his colleagues that work in the building. And we also had an opportunity to attend a Zoom memorial that his family put together. And one of the things that really struck me on the Zoom call is we, you know, we're quiet and we're listening to person after person describing Jose as just this generous, joyful, smart person who just was always so motivated to grow professionally and personally and to just give to others and and bring them up and raise them up with him. And um, one of his daughters mentioned to my husband that Jose would talk about one of our kids um, and speak about him by name at home. And this was one of my kids who literally just smiled at him and said hi when he walked by. I don't think they had more of an elaborate exchange. And I just think that really we don't realize how far just noticing and acknowledging someone's presence can go and how much more so can deep gratitude go. Um, I pray that all of us take a moment to notice the angels in our life, big and small, and really feel centered on Rosh Hashanah being beginning or rebooting our practice of gratitude, both for ourselves and internally, and also expressing it outwardly to really enrich our connections with others and to start that domino effect of gratitude in our communities and in our concentric circles. And I don't want us to take for granted because sometimes we think of gratitude and that is important and that is beneficial and expressing it to Kaddish Baruch is one step and then expressing it to our partners, to our children, to our close friends, to our community members is a really also important step. And I wanted to express so much gratitude to you. I know that this um, podcast is sometimes choppy. It's my first podcast. I'm doing all the editing by myself and I'm not a tech savvy person and I'm kind of doing it in, in the moment. So I know it doesn't sound so polished all the time, but I feel so grateful to you for joining me on this journey. And I'm wishing you such a beautiful, joyful, healthful, uplifting, spiritual, and connected Rosh Hashanah and New Year. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please reach out at sarna.michelle at gmail.com. Chag Sameach.